Hello, enjoying SBO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. TBD, this is JR. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, before we get into our next episode, um, folks out there are going to be really surprised with this one. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. 100%. So um, I'll start formally. You know, I'm, I'm Dr. Jack R. Mitchell. And I'm Tara, bringing you our perspective at School Finance. School Finance. From New York to Oregon. And, and everything, everything in, in between. between. Oh my gosh, another week. Uh, wait till our listeners hear this one, right? TVD. Uh, oh, yeah, this, this is, is this unexpected. Is... <laughs> I mean, we had we have a guest who actually asked us questions, <laughs> which is great. Um, hopefully, you know, our listeners out there, um, will we'll glean something from it. But at the end of the day, um, definitely interesting. Another east coaster but not in new york i won't give it away um but as we get into it i want to um make honorable mention that uh this gentleman actually i met a couple years ago um at, he was at the portland conference i know you didn't meet him but his name is nathan pierce and uh, he works for life touch he's a national sales director but most importantly for a week I roomed up with him in Guatemala. So we aren't talking about Guatemala here. We're going to pretty much talk about this episode uh, relating to our partnerships with our vendors, um, how important they are, and just some things that, you know, we can really utilize as far as making the relationship stronger and to the benefit for our districts. Good to see you. Hello, Tara. <laughs> Tara, JR, how Nathan. are you? Hey, <laughs> a.k.a. the roomie. Room we'll get star. to that a little later on, though. <laughs> Roomster, Ruby, everything, and I'm I'm looking to hear that great Boston that Ben Affleck accent. I want to hear it all <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> you know, Jay, I for this for this episode, I almost wore my new Dunk Kings onesie, oh, but you know, oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. I love it. Oh my gosh, yeah, this is gonna be so much fun. Oh, this is kind of podcast. I figured without uh, my Tom Brady up. in the background, you know, I, I probably wouldn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to upstage. This wouldn't be the same. Yeah, yeah. All right, this is the kind of podcast that I've been waiting for. Um, very exciting. Alyssa's is going to love it. Um, it's not going to be dry. It's going to be really exciting. And I want to tell you that. Well, let's start off uh, with who you are, right? You know, tell us a little about yourself, um, your background, experience, and then we'll get we'll get rolling. Uh, you got it, Jr. Best roomie ever. Everybody is Jr. But uh, you know, I, I want to say, just say quickly before I before I jump into it. You know, I just want to say thank you guys uh, for doing what you do. You know, each and every day. You know, TVD Jr. You guys are doing great work out there. Um, you know, Tara, we haven't had the opportunity to meet in person yet, but I had some of the best. I've been thinking about pizza. 
maybe because it's a Friday in Lent. Maybe it's just I just like a good slice of pizza. But, uh, you know, TBD, I had the best pizza I think I've ever had in, out in Portland where you're at. Uh, I think it was right. called the Life of, the Life of Pie. And oh, yeah. Was, oh, my gosh. It was oh, like this you know about that. Oh, so oh, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm Love a margarita it. guy, right? So, like, you got to have, like, the perfect blend of, like, basil and tomato. Oh, my gosh, right? It's got to be super crisp, right? Super thin. I mean, just, mm. So, Tara, I got good memories about Portland. I, Just saying. I love me a good pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I, I mean, thank you so much for having me. I mean, for, for those that uh, obviously you can tell, I'm from Boston. And uh, I am, I'm the Life Touch guy uh, in New England and in New York and in New Jersey and wherever they send me. Uh, and, you know, my job is to partner with districts and find creative, effective, and dare I say, fun solutions um, to spread the joy and magic of school picture day. I mean, it, it's, it's so much fun. And frankly, guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm in season number 20, the only job I've ever had. Kind of cool. That is very cool. Very smooth. Yeah. So let's, so let's so talk. Let's, let's talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love perspectives. And, you know, a lot of our peers are out in San Diego right now. I know you guys kind of just coming back uh, from San Diego. And, mm-hmm. you know, perspectives, I thought was an awesome, an awesome name for your podcast, right? Because, Mm-hmm. You know, what is perspective? And, you know, it, you know, Jr. Yeah, uh, and I had an opportunity <laughs> to, uh, well, you and I had an opportunity to go on this incredible memory mission, which I know, you know, episodes one and two, we, we really, uh, we really uh, deeply dove into that. But I've had an opportunity since that mission um, to go in and, and talk to schools about perspectives, you know, kind of what mm-hmm. you guys are jumping into. And what is perspective? Well, I had a little fifth grader the other day that said, Mr. Pierce, Perspective is lived experiences, observations, and an opportunity where those those things intersect. How really? old? You had a little guy tell you that? How old? Yeah. <laughs> this kid's 10 years old. I said, wow. you know, oh my gosh. five some words that I think I know. I, I don't even know <laughs> half those words, but it worked. Really, really cool stuff. So we're talking perspectives. And, you know, as a professional photographer, Boy, there's Boston for you, huh? As a professional photographer, I I do care uh, deeply about families, about community, about helping and supporting uh, amazing folks like yourselves that are uh, that are trying to create communities and and create create culture. My favorite piece of trivia really intersects a lot of perspective. And here's here's the trivia, guys. Uh, I'll hit you with it. TVD, if you get this. I'll do I, all the life of pie Pete's on, on this guy forever. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll hope you do it. Here's the question. So photography was invented in 1838, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could kind of splice or dice, whether you consider daguerreography or photography, well, whatever. All right. <clears throat> so <laughs> photography is invented in essence, 1838, between 1838 and 1901, right? The 19th century. There's one person on earth, one person who was photographed more times than anyone else on earth, anyone else in history. Mm. But in that little wow. pocket, of, what is it? Six, I, math isn't my thing, right? I'm a photo guy. 63 mm-hmm. years. 
Um, one hmm. person photographed more so than anyone else. Now, from a perspective, 1901. the who is really yeah. cool, but the perspective of why hmm. is really cool. And, but I give it some thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of folks, I is don't want to, I don't want to. Is it, is it a famous oh, politician? Go, Can I ask a question? You may. Yeah. Is it a famous politician or president during that era? So you, I, I can't give too much of that, right? I mean, but <laughs> is it a famous person? Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you a tiny, yeah. I'll give you a tiny little baby hint. Um, All right, what do you think, when, Tara? Uh, oh yeah, go ahead, TVD. I, I got nothing. All right, fair. I'm going to go <laughs> maybe um, Abraham Lincoln. So, so Jr., mm-hmm. you're amazing. You're also wrong. Ah, oh. <laughs> I, I thought he was telling us right. You really got me there, guys. Oh, that would have been awesome. I would have <laughs> Tara. I would have had to fly to Portland and get all this dude pizzas. I should have. Uh, I should have googled that real quick. I would have got the answer. Maybe. Uh, I know. So that's what who I, is? I was, I was, I'm googling it. So who is the individual? So Abraham Lincoln is undisputed as number two. In the 19th oh, century, right? Okay. All well, right. Great guesses would have been the Pope, who's three, mm. Queen Victoria, who's four, and wow. then you've got a bunch of rich dudes that had a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of resources, a lot of investment available, right? Carnegie, Rockefeller, Pullman, Vanderbilt. Yeah, I've told this story a couple times, right? But the number one most photographed person in the whole wide world in the 19th century was a gentleman who was born into enslavement. Oh. And his I, name, TVD? I just Googled it, Frederick Douglass. Yes. And oh, Frederick gee. Douglass. Wow. Frederick Douglass mm. recognizes yes. yeah. that people across the United States really just didn't have this, this, this great understanding for what this national tragedy of slavery was, right? Wow. And so he recognized... It's. I mean, this this talk about perspectives, right? This guy recognized that photography had an absolutely visceral opportunity to make this national tragedy of slavery real, right? The the family estrangement, mm. the the violence, the, the separation, okay. all these things mm-hmm. that people couldn't quite empathize because they frankly weren't there and didn't have. Yeah. The understanding reference or any understanding of it. Yeah. And what's the first thing when we roll into Valley Stream JR, what's the first thing we do on picture day? Uh oh. The first thing you do. What mm. what does any good I photographer cannot... do? Oh, they gotta do the setup. Aha. And the what's part of setup. Now, maybe we don't roll that way in Portland, Terry. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. We, we take a test image, guys. Yeah. And so back in the 1840s, 50s, 60s, the minerals, the metal composition, the plates that were constructed to create these images were precious, were, at, were super expensive, right? And so as to not waste the first frame. Frederick Douglass sits from his mid-20s right up through his 70s and is photographed as the first frame in every single one of these instances. 
Two reasons. Number one, slavery was no joke, right? This guy wanted to show that. Number two, this guy wanted to make sure that that first image wasn't wasn't going to be a waste and that there Mm -hmm. was going to be history that was going to be captured in those moments. And so when I go in and I speak with middle schools and high schools, um, you know, I tell the kids, my God, this guy was like Ariana Grande. This guy was like Dua Lipa (laughs) back in the day. This This guy was the first Swifty. This guy was uh, understood the oh, impact man. of social yeah. media, right? Names, image, wow. likeness, right? NIL, baby. This guy got it. This guy really got it. And he sparked wow. a revolution in this country. There you go. That's you crazy. I have to say, this is, this is totally unexpected. I mean, you've given us more than a tidbit. You've given us a piece of history that uh, no one knew. Uh, myself, I know I speak for Tara. And so we'll love that because uh, who would have thought, right, that um, Frederick Douglass would have been most uh, photographed at that time frame? Well, Tara, we should incorporate something where we have something different, uh, maybe even trivia in our future um, episodes. But nonetheless, we did want to talk to you. Yeah, it's SPLGs, the employer, I guess, sure that their partnerships. Um, the providers, the business suppliers, right? There's actually underscoring a line with the district's values and their priorities. So um, you having such seasoned success, right? As a life touch sales representative for, like you said, 20 seasons. Um, and you know, community does give back. We know about this firsthand, right? We did the remission. But the question specifically is really, you know, what can we as the SBOs do to just ensure, right, that our choice of who we pick is going to fall in line. And, you know, frankly, from our perspective, you know, it, it's a question that we would have. And, you know, I'd be curious in in, in learning a little bit from, from both of you too, Tara. And, you know, you, you both have such uh, breadth in your experiences and, frankly, your own perspective. See what I did there? Um you know, what's what we think about from from those of us that are kind of outside the edu- educational communities, right, is we understand that, you know, we're subject matter experts within our own particular uh, within our particular industries. Right. And speaking just as uh, and very quick non sequitur, what is it that you guys prefer you uh, recall us? Do you prefer companies, providers, consumables, offerings, dudes? Do you use companies? Do you use exhibitors, vendors? Uh, what's the catchy phrase that I really should be using anyways? We usually call ours vendors, suppliers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't ask mm-hmm. that because of semantics, guys. And actually, this is, this is the whole point of that question, JR, right? Is, you know, there's a transactional model. And then there's a relationship model. And I can't speak for everyone else in my industry, of of course, right? Because I'm one guy supporting one particular um, aspect here. But I can tell you that, you know, the Nathan Pierce that's that's part of this LifeTouch organization, we, we don't really believe in being a vendor, let's say. We believe in being a partner. And I, you know, I've had some folks give me a little wink and go, ah, semantics there, Boston guy with a questionable haircut. <laughs> semantics. Well, you know, a vendor really kind of comes into a community with a big old sack, right? And they extract 
dollars from your community, maybe in exchange for a feature, a benefit, a service, uh, you know, some type mm -hmm. of uh, uh, consumable that's provided. But did school districts prefer a partner and someone that may, yes, certainly be providing a service? Yes, may be providing some type of a, a, a product. But is there an opportunity for us to change the game? Uh, and not, I'm just, not saying me specifically, like that, but is it possible for the collaboration and the connection between SBOs and private industry to change the model and to really recognize that communities need to increasingly look to private industry to support many of the priorities that you have? And I would stipulate or I would state that you know nowadays you see a lot of just simply transactional models. I'm going to come in and provide right. food yeah. service for you and and that's it, or I'm going to come in and provide, you know, guest speakers, or you know, I'm going to come in and provide school photography and then leave your community. And so mm -hmm. I know what my model is. I, I prefer to come in and influence and impact each one of our school children more than just 60 seconds on a picture. Now, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm providing other things for your community, safety and security items, social and emotional learning content support for recognizing all the amazing things that are happening in our in our communities that's partnership and it sparks my you know my question um, you know are there things that you know us in private industry can do better to be better partners for you guys to support your priorities yeah that's a good question what are the things that they doing to support your community of learners, your leaders, your instructors, and help you tell your story? Well, we just want a, we just want a smooth, easy picture day and parents that don't complain. Yeah, but are we missing a greater uh, are we missing yeah. a greater opportunity to to deliver greater value? And I don't know that answer. Um, what I can tell you is that I have to think that that could be expanded upon any any uh, any industry. Uh, with whom SBOs are communicating and collaborating. Cool. Right. So I think we kind of talked about the transactional model that SBOs employ. And, but it, you do pose a good question, though, about should we, as communities, um, ask more from our partners and ask for more engagement for our communities and that connection that we make? Um, what can we do to work with our partners and our vendors? Think of them more as partners and not just as vendors, right? Yeah. The ASBO has been an amazing opportunity for us to, to learn and to gain understanding for the things that are important to our SBOs. And question that I always ask when I'm going into a district office, rolling in with some crumble cookie for one of my amazing SBO partners. And, and I'll say, so what are some of the, what are some of the ways that you're sourcing and you're socializing what you know about now in my particular case, school photography, right? But I mean, you could extrapolate that into virtually any industry, right? How are you as an SBO staying up to date and understanding, number one, what your family, uh, uh, your community of families desire, fill in the blank industry. What's the method uh, or the methods that you are sourcing and socializing of how 
to execute that procurement as to shed some light for me. Well, I think when it comes to procurement nowadays, um, at least on the East Coast, and um, I don't know how it is over there in the West, but I want to say about maybe, um, let's see, 2010, uh, 2011, you know, started running the best value because really, you know, you go out there and just because there's always the lowest bidder, it didn't always mean it was going to be the best right. for you, right? So um, had a lot of flexibility over here, our general municipal law um, was changed, I think around 2012 to really reflect and allow us to, you know, develop rubrics and as, as models. And that's really the key here. Models, what's good for your district. And like specifically can tell you um, have points weighted uh, for different categories, like experience, all this value in pricing is, is going to be a big piece, but you want to also have gestation um, in there as well. You know, what okay. you gather from uh, other partners and districts. Um, and I think that's key. And, I, you know, I, I want to say that because, um, it's crucial because nine times out of 10, our offices are also smaller, right? So our personnel isn't really there. And I guess Terry could speak from your end too. We don't necessarily have the time to do these big bits, right? It's yeah. consuming, um, mm -hmm. from the standpoint of putting them together, making sure they're right legally. Um, and then the opening process and the scoring process and the awarding process, um, to the resolution. So a lot of steps involved there, right? So, um, we typically run off a lot of contract and that helps us with the national cooperatives as well as the local contracts yeah. or state contracts. But um, yeah. when it comes to these specific pieces, uh, such as partners like yourself, we, yeah, we want to do this RFP, but we want to have scoring for it. So Terry, what, what, what do you add to that? Um, I would agree with uh, what you said, JR, and similar situation, right? And um, it, it really does depend on the size of the district because like you said, a lot of them don't have the manpower um, to mm -hmm. do all of that work that it takes. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we hear that all the time too. It just, it, it consumes so many calories mm -hmm. to be able to put together a document where, you know, you, you may not necessarily be, you know, as updated on on all the things. A, a, a perfect example, right? Is in New York State. You know, I, I can't even tell you how many bids I get, right? And they and they're still referencing things like black and white photos, right? Or CD-ROMs, um, or or jump drives, or you know those types of things, or or those tiny little baby mini wallet wow. things. That's that like twenty five no years old. Those forms. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, but we still get those. And so from, okay. you know, that, that, that's a question that I've always really had for SBOs, right, is, you know, how are you sourcing and socializing what is mm -hmm. uh, on trend and current with what, you know, families want? It's definitely a question that we would have, at, you know, within our industry is, you know, what, what ways can we be, be better partners for you? In terms of providing that mm -hmm. information, I, and I think, you know, being ASBO's choice, I think has definitely helped, right? Because yeah. now we're getting together an awful yeah. lot more. You know who we are. You know what we do. You know the mm -hmm. mission and the core identity behind what this org is. Certainly you more so than anyone, uh, uh, certainly out there, JR, you know uh, what 
what this particular organization, Life Touch, stands for in our in our yeah. core mission. But I would it, just it say Nate, speculate. Oh, go ahead. Say, the, sorry, sorry, there. You know, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I I, I got your point. Um, but what? I, well, sorry. What I wanted to add was that when you have association like ASBO International, even um, you know, Oregon or, or New York, um, we help do the groundwork. You know, I, I'm speaking as a board member now. Um, ASBO New York. And so that's very helpful for our, our collective SBOs in the state because, honestly, you know, if you don't have that trusted resource, um, you could be lost. And you, you may not be able to, like you said, work in your RFP to really suit what the times are. And I think that um, one of the things that's actually a trend, I've been asked to, to sit on a, a few companies, um, like informal boards, like not mm. as a consultant, but to kind of help them gauge. And I think that's what you guys are doing right now with the ASBOs, but really companies, I would recommend do that as well um, to really like have somebody in the field that speaks to, and almost like the, like our show right here, right? We're giving guidance to SBOs, our peers. And I think that's going to be the key as um, you know, time shift and change. Uh, so we're, we're, we're moving in uh, to, to crunch time here. <laughs> so as we Love get ready it. to wrap up, we always, for everybody who comes on, um, we'll like you to just offer a piece of advice and you kind of turned it back on us. You gave us a lot of questions <laughs> and I didn't even expect that. I thought we were asking you questions, <laughs> but it was fun. And you know what? I think that there is a lot of information to be gleaned out of this episode um, on many fronts, even yeah. in trivia, well, right? JR, if, um, if you'll permit, I, you know, I have to think there, you know, you you have a devoted uh, base of uh, of listeners, right? Who are, you know, who are who are going to be, um, you know, consuming this podcast on a regular basis, and you know, I think it is definitely a, a a really impactful perspective. Is that you know you have private industry that wants to lean in and wants uh, to help you in your mission, which is resourcing and supporting the communities that you serve. And I think it's definitely going to help your audience um, to have other perspectives like this, you know, where they can understand that we're not just all chasing the almighty dollar. Some of us are are looking for other ways to impact and sow the seeds of service and and find ways um, to create culture and community. Yeah. Those are the ones that last. Wouldn't you say, Tara? Yeah. The the real businesses that last are the ones that uh, earnestly do look to support you and not sell you right and they listen to your needs and you know like you you pretty much hit on the point uh earlier nate when you know talked about us together um and putting these rfps together um so there's a better understanding from sbos and so this is great listen good i'm sorry i do have a piece of advice uh so my first week on the job um I was confirming details for a prom at, check this out, J.A., Holy Trinity Diocesan High School on the island, baby. Okay. I know about that. Uh Uh-huh. And they had an amazing prom coordinator who was very kind. And she wrote me an email, February 2nd. She says, Mr. Pierce, I want to thank you so much for confirming all of the event details for our prom. Everything looks great. We're so excited to have you come out and photograph, you know, this, this special night for the kids. But mm. may I offer you, as a soon-to-be-retired 44-year English teacher, 
Um, I have some advice that I'd like to share with you. I can see that you're new. Think of myself, oh, <laughs> gosh, that. what's coming? Wow. <laughs> and uh, her email continues and says, I would encourage you, young man, before sending a professional uh, email that you're writing to a, an audience mm -hmm. to be read, I would encourage you to proofread and read oh. it again. You're very truly Teresa Stupin. And you guys know, and the N was a big capital N with a big underscore underline on the end, right? Of course. So, I, and I, I said, oh my gosh, what did I do? And I scrolled down in the email, and sure enough, hello, Mrs. Stupid. Oh. Remember this lesson till the day I die. I will always <laughs> remember that. And so it's and it's appropriate in, in the school business officials world too, is right, of is course. read, reread, get another set of eyeballs on it, and it's gotta be right on the money in terms of the grammar and the spelling. Hundred percent. Love that. Well nowadays yeah. you got a lot Great of programs. Two thousand and five, <laughs> we didn't have AI, we didn't have a lot of these other but um, that does make a lot of sense because um, I sent an email yesterday that um, I think when I saved the file, I spelled it wrong. And that's something tricky. Like when you write the file, there's no spell check on the file. And I realized it until after I sent it. But it was nothing. It was very minor. But um, it's great stuff, Rumi. Thank you so much. We enjoyed having you on. This is, again, this is an episode, Tara. I didn't even expect this, but I got to say, it's very informative, very interesting, as well. and uh, you're great, and a lot of Boston accents, man. Uh, well, you know, actually, I almost I did that one. I almost did it, just for you guys, just for you, TVD. I tried. I tried. But, um, Tom Brady couldn't right. make this one. He was too busy uh, hanging out. With Next time. Yeah. All right, well, Nate, I'll catch you on the rebound, all right? You guys are amazing. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for joining us. So, Tara, what do you think about that episode? That was very interesting. It was super entertaining as well. It was highly entertaining. I mean, first of all, <laughs> that accent. I mean, from the Dunkin' Donuts. Everyone's seen, you know, there's another Dunkin' Donuts commercial I saw that they had. That they didn't even show during the Super Bowl, but... um. His accent is amazing. He's an amazing guy. You could tell 20 years of life touch. He puts in a lot of work and time and his knowledge base. Tremendous. I mean, oh, yeah. OMG. Um, to that trivia question, which is interesting. History in there, too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I never knew that. Uh, but, you know, what? if you're if you're working in photography, you should know that, I guess. And that's uh, yeah, a big yeah. thing there. For me on the East Coast, I found out that. Tara doesn't have this, but um, we're going to be off next week uh, for our winter recess. But um, we do want to definitely uh, commend President's Day. So um, everyone out there, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. See you next time.